Welcome back, Somerville, to the Somerville Advice Givers Podcast, where we connect you with the advice you need for when life happens. I am your host, Yaden Smith, and this week, at, I, I know I say it every week that I'm excited to have the guest that I have, but this week is really cool because we have with us Wojtek, who is the director, conductor of the Somerville Community Orchestra. Wojtek, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. P.S. My mother-in-law has a huge crush on you. Great to know. <laughs> Along with many I'm other mother-in-laws. I'm totally editing that out of the, out of the show. <laughs> uh, Wojtek has been in Somerville uh, for a couple years now. Year and a half. Right? A year and okay, a half. Okay, so coming up on two years. Feels like it's been way longer. You know, I, I see you all the time over at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. I know that, to my chagrin, I have yet to be able to come to a Somerville Community Orchestra event, only mm-hmm. because with four children, my wife absolutely loves y'all stuff, and my boys love it, love it. So I stay home with the five-year-old and the two-year-old, and the seven and ten-year-old get to go have an evening on the town with mommy. Well, they that's, you know, somebody at least gets to, you know, that's, that's one, of the, one of these days we'll get you over there. No, no, I have seen the stuff that y'all do at Coastal. Which is the, great. The jazz stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you on the piano and the drummer and Jessica also, you know, live streams those on Facebook so I get to see it vicariously. Oh, awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's really cool. That's really cool. Y'all are doing amazing things in Somerville. We are trying. But not everybody knows your story. Not everybody just knows what y'all do. Mm-hmm. So take a minute and walk us through, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself Where'd you grow up? How'd you get here? What were you doing before you got with the Somerville Community Orchestra? Yeah, okay. It's a, kind of a long story, so I'll, I'll give you the abbreviated version, not the one I usually give on a first date. But um, <laughs> So I was born in Poland, uh, born outside of Warsaw in Poland. I uh, spent my childhood pretty much split between there and New York City, which is where I moved to with my parents. Uh, in the early 90s, once the wall came down, you know, kind of got out of there looking for that American dream and uh, <clears throat> moved to Brooklyn uh, and then Staten Island and pretty much spent all my time growing up there in Poland. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, what, what can I say about the early parts that lead me to music? I started taking piano when I was eight or nine, uh, clarinet, started playing that when I was in sixth grade. Just sort of always kind of stuck around music, but never really kind of gave it a go. Um, I got into the performing arts high school in New York City, but my parents and I decided it wouldn't be a good fit. You know, everyone's trying to steer me away from music my whole life. So I uh, never thought anything would come of it. I always loved it, always thought it was something I wanted to do, but, uh, you know, always kind of was steered in different directions. So, of course, I grew up trying to trying out different things, tried out acting initially, tried out um writing journalism i actually went to college as a journalism major uh that lasted about one semester (laughs) and then i declared music as a second major uh dropped the journalism degree and then i added international relations uh, as a second degree and a french minor so i kind of done it all uh what's funny though is i didn't you know I, i discovered conducting very late in the game as far as my my educational career i discovered it in my fifth year of undergrad uh, and, and how old were you in your fifth year of undergrad? Oh my gosh, 23, 22. So, so it's not like someone who's like, oh, I've been playing piano since I was 18 months old and I'm an amazing, accomplished at everything by the time I'm 13. No, I'm definitely the opposite story of anyone you'll ever meet that's like a professional musician wow. uh, and making it. Uh, I, my story is very different. Um, I always loved music, played it, but it was never, I was never put down that road or never thought that was going to be where I was going to end up. 
when I discovered conducting, I was actually accepted <clears throat> into NYU's international business and um, management program. And so I was pretty much slated to go into international business. Uh, and all of a, you know, I, I had just gotten back from an internship with the Department of State uh, in DC and just got back from doing that and just got accepted to this grad school program. And all of a sudden I found this conducting thing and it's like everything changed after that. Wow. Uh, yeah. And so I applied for grad schools and ended up in New Mexico, uh, spent about three years down there, which was amazing. Uh, wonderful. Actually four years. I spent four years down there. Three Southwest years. is totally different than New York city. Oh my goodness. And that's <laughs> kind of the reason I applied there. I wanted to get such a different experience and I definitely did. The, the deserts of the Southwest. They're just, they're, they're unique. They are the people, the colors, the food, the architecture, the history, everything is so it's different. Else. It is. And you really get a different understanding about mm -hmm so many different things. And so I spent time there, graduated with my master's in conducting. And, uh, you know, as conductors, we're, we're told, get ready to spend the first two to five years of your career kind of making ends meet. And you're not going to get a stable job until about five years in. Just be patient. Make sure you have a car that you can deliver pizza in. Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. It's like, make sure you know how to serve tables and things like that. So I started getting ready for that. And so the first job I actually applied for um, I'm a member of the Conductors Guild, which is like the national organization for conductors. And, um, and so I started looking at job postings and I found one and that was for the Somerville Orchestra. And I was like, well, I got to get my feet wet. Might as well give this a shot. Got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. And so I looked it up, researched it, applied, got a call back. And I thought, well, that's all right. I didn't. Okay. You know, yeah, step right. one, check. Right. Yeah. Okay. I was like, well, okay. The hard part's over. I mean, <laughs> cause I, you know, I love, I love, uh, auditions and interviews. Like if I can get my foot in the door, I feel like I'm, I, I'm there. Right. You know? So, um, I got out here in April of 2016 and, um, they called me like a month later and said, yeah, we want to offer you the job. And I thought, okay, well I kind of just, what? <laughs> so it was kind of a confusing. Sorry, did, did you call the right person? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I was like on my way to go camping that weekend. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just confused and like, really? Well, all right, well, that's something to think about. <laughs> so that's how I ended up here. Um, so I guess to answer your question, what was I doing before this? Man, I was. You were in, studying. Studying in grad school, yeah. And career-wise, before this, I was working in the Department of State and going into international business. So. Wow. Very different things, yeah. I mean, like polar opposite. Completely. International business, I assume English and Polish, very helpful if you're going to do international business or State Department. Very helpful. And say, so, you know what? I don't want to do that. Conducting. Yeah. Wow. Was, and, you know, thankfully to one advisor, because, you know, in, in, in my undergrad, we have to do these things called a capstone project. It's like a music capstone. It's like summarizes your whole music degree mm -hmm. experience. Usually you give a recital if you're an instrumentalist like I was. But I, I went to him and I said, you know, I just I'm not feeling that's not who I am. It's not my personality. It's not what I want to do. And he said, OK, let me think about that. Calls me into his office a week later, says, what about conducting? And I thought, I mean, Never thought about it. Never have right. any experience. I took a class on it. It was kind of like, like I know fun. they use the white stick. You're right. Yeah, you call it a stick. What's the word for yeah, it? The, the baton. baton. Yeah, the Harry Potter <laughs> wand. Um, but uh, yeah, so like he just suggested it, and I thought that sounds pretty cool. And the more I looked into it, I thought, man, this is a perfect fusion of everything I like. I, I love. You get to work with people, which mm -hmm. I love. Yep. Um, and uh, and you pretty much get to do music for a living. So it's like people and music. It's like, sign me up. Where, awesome. where do I sign? 
And that's kind of the story. That's so cool. Yeah, thank so you. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> you turned you turned around and ran away from international business like conducting. That's what I want to do. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, for the first time in my life, I, I decided to make a decision for myself that wasn't you know, something that somebody told me to do or some you know was keeping me away from doing. For the first time, I said, you know what? I've loved music since I was a kid. I've been told my whole life, I don't do it, don't do it. But I was like, you know what? I can't ignore how I feel about it anymore. Mm. It's been with me for so many years. I have to give it at least a shot. You know, I, we have one life to live. And I thought to myself, if I don't, if music isn't the thing for me, great. I'll just change careers right. in four or five years. No problem. But if it's what I'm supposed to do, why wouldn't I try it now? Exactly. What a perfect time to do it. Exactly. So I had to give it a shot. Jump in. Jump in. Yeah, full, fully. Fully deep end of the pool and never had a swim lesson. That's basically, yeah. <laughs> Thrash around until you figure it out. That's right. That's fantastic. <laughs> so as as an expert in your field, mm -hmm. you know, conducting music, however you want to define your field, really, what are some pieces of advice that you would give the average person, you know, that you would say to our listeners who are listening and say, Here's some ways you can improve your life. That's a it's a it's such a great question because it's something I think about just week in week out um, doing what I do. My my what I do for a living often you don't get to meet conductors often in real life, so you mm -hmm. don't really know what we do. We're kind of this like amorphous thing that's like this guy that does music that no one ever sees or knows. The thing is though, with what we do, our job is people. And it's a people business. It's not a music business as much as it is a people business. Uh, if I were to calculate the amount of time I spend a week working on music versus working on the things I can do to improve the people in my group, it's about 10 to 90 percent. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's really, they don't really tell you that when you're studying, conducting, because you think like, oh, I get to do these scores and everything like that. And I'm elaborating on a point, but the point being that a lot of my advice is going to be pretty general as far as like improving my organization on the, from the people side. That's fine. That's awesome. So um, I think of myself really as like a manager of people. I don't really consider myself like a professional musician who's trying to get people to do something, mm -hmm. you know? So I'd say the number one thing I learned as a conductor that I would give as a piece of advice is learning how to listen. Ooh. How to actively listen because you learn so much by listening, not even about yourself, but just about just, you, you pick up on so many cues, how a person's doing, you know, the, the words that they use, their body language. When you listen to a person, uh, you learn so many things. And when I listen to, an, to my orchestra play, I can tell right away if they're focused, if they're engaged, how they're doing, if one section, someone's not feeling well. I can tell right away if I'm listening. If I'm not, then I'm basically just kind of tuning it out and I'm just there for myself and I'm not really helping. My, job, my number one job is to help them improve and i can only do that by listening so that would be number one that'd be the first thing i would say is listen actively. it occurs to me that especially in in the context of an orchestra really the only thing the conductor does is listen pretty much we're basically coaches yeah you're not you don't have a violin no you don't have a cello you don't have a tuba no you don't don't have don't have an instrument what you're actively doing during a performance or rehearsal or practice is listening. Mm -hmm. That's your active contribution. Correct. I mean, my I have to lead that's, them. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I have to lead. But you're not going to be able to lead them if you're not 
actively Correct. listening to what's going on. Like, uh, something's off over here. Correct. If you're just up there so people can like, oh, the conductor. Yay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, we it's, have a conductor from Poland. Yeah, Ooh. pretty much. It, literally. I, it, it's so easy to just kind of lose track of that. And, you know, my job is to lead, yes, lead the musical mm-hmm. performance. However, I, I can only do that well with the group if I'm listening and in tune and engaged in what they're doing. Oh, man. So good. Yeah. So good. Uh, just kind of a metaphor for any yeah. kind of any business, any any organization with people in it. It's like if you're not in tune with what your people are doing, then it's you can you can say the best things, do the best things. It's not really going to matter if right. you're not in tune with what the, what's happening with the people um, you have. So that's number one. Number two, I would say, um, the, I think the <clears throat> the toughest lesson I've I've learned <laughs> as a conductor that I will give as advice now is always seek in your daily life a balance uh it is so easy to get lost uh in your career as a conductor it is so easy because our job never ends i could literally work 24 hours a day seven days a week and never feel like i'm done Mm -hmm. because there's always something to do there's a score to be learned there's an email to be written there's uh, I, I can program the next season. I can write the next library series event. It's never really done, but it's a matter of finding balance. And I didn't know that until I had a lot of things in my life happen to me that forced me to find it. Mm. And when I became a balanced person, I actually became a better conductor because it freed my mind from clutter. Ah, uh. It freed my mind and my body from a lot of baggage, essentially. You know, if, if I'm constantly wow. stressed, if I'm constantly anxious, constantly worrying about improving as a conductor, I'm going to suffer improving as a human. Mm-hmm. And so being that what I just said, we have to work with people 90% of the time uh, in our job. I want to make sure that I'm the best person I can be. Right. And well, most well-rounded. So uh, when I found balance in my life, it's really when I began to think oh man i'm really getting good at this music thing you develop a self-confidence and so um i would say always strive to find balance in your life um you may think your career is suffering because of it because you're not putting in all the effort you can but um that's just I, i find that false and the more i've read about that the more i read about ceos who spend less time doing work right the more it makes sense to me the more you can work on yourself as a person yeah the more efficient I don't want to say you're efficient at relationships, but the more the more emotional horsepower you have for sure to process relationships for sure and yeah. to handle the dynamics of working with people for sure absolutely I have, and just to add one more thing to that even mm-hmm. I would say I feel like time goes by in a different way in th- in my days I look back to when I was um, you know, just so gung ho careers. Number one, nothing else mattered in my life. Mm-hmm. I was just doing that. And, you know, I, I did make it, I have to say, like I did put in the time I worked my butt off. I, I, I completely did that. And so that's why I'm here. However, I noticed that in those times, my days flew by and I would just be like, well, I just woke up. Like it's already time to go to bed. And when do I, mm-hmm. what? I, I didn't even get to it's like, like you're an observer in your own life. Literally, literally. I had no time to cook. I had no time to go for a walk. I had no time to do anything. And all of a sudden now I'd look at everything. I'm like, man, day's going super slow. I got, oh man, I got a half hour. I can, <laughs> I can read this book. I can, wow, cool. So yeah, that's number two would be balance. Um, so good. Yeah. Number three, I would say, um, trust yourself. 
trust yourself, believe that whatever you set your mind to is correct. Intuition, whatever you want to call it, your gut feelings. It took me from the age of eight to 23 to finally decide for myself to go into music. If I had done that when I got into the performing arts high school, I would have saved myself some time, maybe. If I had applied for music conservatories for college, you know, but it took me so long to trust myself. Yeah. And I never really fully did uh, until the past few years. And I've started making decisions for myself based on my own intuition. I always seek advice from the people in my life sure. that are close. Yeah. Parents, you know, no close man friends. is an island. Not you're, at all. You're not, you're not just out there on your own. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I used to do was only take that into account. Right. And I would try to make people happy based mm-hmm. on that. Like, what's the best summation of the opinions I got? That's a recipe for frustration. Very much so. Oh, completely, because you never <laughs> best really... Best way to make everybody upset is to try and please everybody. For sure. <laughs> completely true. Uh, and so some in the past like year and a half, I've had to make some decisions that have been really tough and really kind of not necessarily the best for everyone in my life, but... I've needed to because I've I've had to trust myself. Right. And that only comes from a place of self-confidence uh, when you when you feel like you're able to do that. So I would still say though trust yourself. Your gut, just your intuition, your self-preservation instincts, like whatever you want to call them. Right on. Just they're always spot on because they always want the best for you mm-hmm. and your mind always knows. Um next thing I would say is open your mind to new things every day. Always be open to a new experience. Um, And that's something that can be a metaphor for taking in, you know, things you've never experienced or just like, just learning about something new. And where where, where that comes from for me is conducting itself was a new experience for me. Uh, I I wasn't a classical musician by trade. I I didn't grow up listening to classical music. Uh, The first thing, first CD I remember was Brian Adams. Like that was the first CD I there owned. You go. Brian Adams, you know, summer of '69. Like this, that was that was my uh, my first CD. Elton John, Billy. A Joel. CD for those of you listening is a plastic round disc. Oh no! That now you use as a coaster. Oh no! Really? <laughs> no. Goodness gracious! Wow, <laughs> aged myself there. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, I didn't grow up with right. music, and my whole life, I've I've just kind of like felt myself being open to these new things that like made me curious. Um, and they may last a week or two. Um, like I, I was a skateboarder in, in high school and that didn't last very long, but <laughs> I was curious about it. I wanted to try it. So I did. And I've learned so much through all those experiences that I feel like all of them now have helped shape who I am right on. and have sh- yeah. helped shape what I do every day in my life. Lessons I've learned from the six months I spent skateboarding, uh, or lessons learned from the swim team I was on in college or things like that. I, I've, I've always been open to new experiences. And I think that has always helped me kind of find this, um, the, the lessons in everything that, because you, once you start kind of finding all these common threads and everything, you realize, man, a lot of these things are so connected. You know, how cooking is related to right. music, how sports is related to music, how, cooking's related to sports you know it's mm-hmm. like all these things uh are have so many common threads that you can learn and take from one and bring to the other 
the idea of balance, for example, that comes across in Taoism, that also comes across in cooking when you have to balance a recipe, mm-hmm. that also comes across when you're listening to an orchestra and you're listening for balance. I mean, these are common ideas um, that if I didn't open myself up to really just kind of taking in new experiences, I wouldn't have right. learned those lessons. And they, I mean, you know, somebody might tell you, ah, listen for the balance. I don't know what that means. If you don't know, <laughs> if you don't know, if you haven't experienced it, you don't know what that means. Right. So that's what I would say. Um, open your mind up to those things. It's interesting you talk about that with music because one thing I remember when I was in youth ministry and t- working with the middle school band, like, guys, you need to listen to music that you don't like. Yeah. You know, not much, but if you only ever listen to fill in the blank, you know, mm-hmm. if you only ever listen to rock or pop or rap, hip hop, country, if you only ever listen to that, you're never going to be able to learn, like, what is this particular thing they're doing over here in this genre that could work really well for what we're trying to accomplish with this piece? For sure. For sure, correct. You know, absolutely true. It's funny you say that because I, in, when I do library talks every month at the Dorchester County Library, I always make sure to put in such different mm-hmm. pieces of music in there to make sure I show everyone this is how similar it actually all is. Right. Like one of the ones we did was um, a discussion about Stravinsky, and you know his music ranges from the eclectic to the beautiful to the lyric to the whatever. But not many people know that Frank Zappa was a huge Stravinsky nerd, and so he would put literally quote some of Stravinsky's music in his own pieces. And so I would in that talk I, t- I talked about Stravinsky and uh, his operas and blah blah blah, and then the last part of it. I showed how his music is also in Fantasia. It inspired mm-hmm. Disney, how it's in Frank Zappa, how it's in a lot of like European death metal bands now. Mm-hmm. His music directly quoted. Right. But it has to it, it builds you an appreciation, this gap of like, you know, that's kind of cool. And I didn't expect heavy metal to sound like that. Right. Okay, well now you may want to <laughs> check it out some more. But I wouldn't have been open to that too if I, if like my mind wasn't able to, you know, be exactly. open to it. So uh, and uh, I think the last one, uh, this is this is a one I, I firmly believe in is, and it's such a cliche. Shakespeare said it best, but be true to who you are, um, and do not try to be someone else. And where that comes from, as a conductor, as conductors, we all think we're our own individual people, and we're you know the newest things in sliced bread, and like we're amazing <laughs> and all that. But it's amazing when you watch conductors, these young conductors, myself included, when I used to watch my own tapes, and I would look at myself and I'd be, oh my gosh, I'm trying to mimic blank. I'm trying to mimic (laughs) this person. I'm copying so-and-so with that movement. Oh my gosh, completely, (laughs) completely. Like there's a a piece we did in our last concert, the overture to Der Freischutz, and that piece is notoriously famous now because of one conductor. And... You know, if if you watch any young conductor rehearsing that piece, uh, if, you, if if they send in applications or anything, you you listen for certain things because there's a very famous video of a conductor from the 70s rehearsing this piece, like ad nauseum. I mean, it's an hour long rehearsal, and he's just picking apart every <laughs> minute detail. And there's certain things that stick out from there, and you listen for that, like yeah, that okay, this young guy's just trying to mimic this guy, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so you you really lose out on a really cool opportunity to show who you are right and it's so easy to 
it's always okay, important to have role models, of course. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. important to have people that you look up to, people you want to emulate. Great. However, it has to still be you at the end of the day. It ha- your personal style, who you are, has to show, has to come through in what you do. It doesn't matter if it's music, doesn't matter if it's whatever you do. Um, it has to be who you are. Uh, and that's a lesson that's sometimes hard to learn, especially when we have mentors or teachers that we try to really fully emulate and try to be as much of who they are because we respect them so much. But you lose part of yourself. And uh, I think the thing that, why I believe so strongly in it is because I didn't know who I was for a long time until I pretty much moved here. This mm-hmm. job really helped me learn about myself. And that sounds so silly. I mean, look, you know, and you think about it, it's like, yeah, I didn't know who I was, but I'm me. It's like, how do you not know? <laughs> but you really lose sight of, it's so easy to lose sight of who you are. It takes, it takes time for sure to get to the point in life where you know who you are. Yes, it does. It really does. Mm-hmm. Just even have that awareness. Yeah. That initial awareness. Uh, and, and I've just found it so mind blowing when I listen to myself finally incorporate the things like, you know, I'm a positive person. Anyone who's ever met me, I, you know, I'm a positive person and I'm not really this kind of like disciplinarian on the podium. I'm not anything like that. So I was like, you know what? I have to be myself. That has to come through. Right. And I think that's a big reason why our orchestra continues to grow and why we have such a good time and it's such an honest experience. And I'm going to use the word honest because it's something I'm most proud of. When, when I show up to rehearsal on a Monday night and I walk into the room and I see 70 people sitting there, uh, they don't have to be there. It's an all-volunteer orchestra. But I have 70 people show up weekly. And it's not... Wow, that many now? Yeah, we're up to 70. That's huge. Mm-hmm. It's a huge group. And when I took over the group, we were 34. Yeah. I remember yeah. a year and a half ago, like, yeah, it's a community orchestra, like 30, 35 people. Now mm-hmm. 70. Yeah. We used to hire like 20 some odd musicians to fill out the, the orchestra. Now we hired six in the last one. And then we didn't really need them. We just wanted some more sound. So uh, it's it's come a long way. That's awesome. It, it, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so impressive. Thank you. Yeah. It's really cool. It's been really fun to be a part of that, just to watch it grow slowly. Well, you say an honest experience. I think... It, it's sort of becoming a cliche, but you hear a lot about like being authentic. Mm-hmm. But I like how you put it to have an honest experience. Yes. It's, it's, this is what it is. And what you see is what you get. For sure. You know, we're not trying to be something we're not. We love music. That's why we're here. Yeah. That, that's a, as simple as that. That's it. That's yeah. as simple as that. And everyone is there. Because it's basically a garage band that meets in a church and it's just made up with woods and winds and strings. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's such different walks of life too, but this common thread of them all wanting to just ex- enjoy experience music. My job is to keep that going. My- well, and how cool is it for a musician that is skilled enough to be in an orchestra, but doesn't have, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what it, is to be in a big-time orchestra, you know, New York, Boston, mm-hmm. Atlanta, wherever. Mm-hmm. But I know that not many people get to be paid for jobs like that. No. It's but a, having an outlet yeah. for their music so they don't lose their music. Yeah. So valuable. Oh, it's incredible. So valuable. It's so incredible. I mean, it's to, to play and just to keep playing, it, it completely adds to your life. It's, a gift. it's a gift for the community. It's a gift for the yes. musicians. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's a it's a win 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 just all the way around. It is for sure. I mean, the biggest compliment I've gotten <clears throat> as a conductor was from one of my musicians, and it was after our last concert. She came up to me and she said, "That was the most fun I've ever had playing music." And I was like, "That's the best thing." You could That's have. what it's about. That's what it is. Because that is what it's about. When you're when you feel positive about it, when you feel inspired to do something, when you want to show up, when you want to work at it, when you put the time in yourself, you're gonna. A, enjoy it, but B, you're going to kick butt on it. Yeah. Like, you're going to be really successful. You're going to totally shine. Yeah, because you're not limiting yourself via stress. You're not wasting your mental energy mm-hmm. on it. And it's just an honest, positive, good experience. And that's the whole thing we're trying to cultivate. One of our mission statements is um, enjoying music for the sake of enjoying music. Uh, right. In building up music in the community for the sake of enjoying it. And that's what we're trying to do. It's all we're trying to do. It's... Y'all are doing it. We are Y'all trying. are making it happen. We are keep. You know, we keep trying. To borrow the words of Yoda, you know, do or do not. <laughs> there is no try. There is no try. Y- Y'all yeah. are doing. Yeah. Thank you, Voitech. No, thank you. So from here, let's jump into the final four. Okay. We got, we got four questions to go through. Sure. Final four, question number one. When work is over and it's time to play, what do you like to do for fun? Soccer. Soccer it is my number one thing. I am a huge, huge play, passionate watch everything. all of the above, all of the above. Um, play, watch, yeah. I mean, World Cup is this year. Yes, it is. Poland's, I know that's on your calendar. It's on my calendar. Oh my goodness! You know, Poland's qualified. Uh, we're we should do well. We should get out of the group. The U.S. did not qualify. That yeah, was an embarrassment. Um, I wish I could say we're surprised by that. Uh, you but, know, it's it, it was a long time coming, but uh, you know, I would so anyway. I, yeah, we could talk about soccer for ages, <laughs> but I have to be careful with myself here. So, all I'm going to say is soccer. Uh, I will say soccer. spending time with friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like such a cliche again, but it's something I didn't used to do before I got here. Uh, I took people for granted, and it's just so, so silly, you know, looking at what I do now. But spending time with friends really invigorates me. That's really what I like to do. Um, my dog is my best friend, of course. Camping is a huge thing for me. I love getting out into nature, hiking. We got a lot of good spots. I to go in South I'll have Carolina. to ask you for those because I'm looking for more. There's there's some great places to go. Yeah, yeah, and excellent. Yeah. So, question number two: mm-hmm. In the next twelve months, what are you most excited about? You know, I've I've been thinking about that myself. Uh, I could easily say career stuff, but it's not. It's it's getting over to Europe in the summer and uh, a seeing family or just be just experiencing something new. And so I would say I'm going to use the Europe trip as a metaphor for going somewhere new and experiencing something new because I plan on doing that in the next 12 months. I've felt a little cooped up, so I want to get somewhere new. Mm-hmm. I'm planning on doing a cruise for my next birthday uh, with some of my friends just because I want to Go bigger, go home. So I'm excited <laughs> for go. that too. I would just say I'm excited about experiencing new things. Fantastic. Yeah. Question number three, parting piece of advice for the audience. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna use, I'm gonna borrow from a conductor who wrote a book called The Ignorant Maestro, and uh, his name is Itai Talgam, and he's a student of Leonard Bernstein's. Leonard Bernstein was obviously a very famous conductor of New York. Uh, Itai was one of his students, and he wrote a book called The Ignorant Maestro, and the title of this, essentially, uh, the subtitle is How Great Leaders Inspire Unpredictable Brilliance. 
Uh, and the reason why I bring it up, it's not like a plug. I'm not trying to sell his book for him, but uh, I really love his message in it in that he says, do not be afraid of being consciously ignorant. If you don't know something, don't be afraid of okay, not wait, knowing wait, wait. it. Say that one more time. Yeah. So he says, do not be afraid of being consciously ignorant. Uh, there's times where acting like you don't know what to do actually inspires incredible results because it motivates your team to find a way to do it. Or if you don't know something yourself and you admit that, it opens up room for growth. So I would say do not be afraid to be ignorant. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, and we see it so often in our daily lives. When we're having a conversation, you, you, I'm sure anyone can relate to this. If you're having a conversation with your friend and they start talking about this one thing and, they're like, and they ask you, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? How many of us go, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah, sure. The thing. Yep. With, with the other thing, the guy. Definitely know that. Sports. Oh, sports ball. <laughs> I love sports ball. And we actually have no idea. Instead of like, D I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. And why not open ourselves yeah. up to that? Like, No idea. Because it's, it's, it's an embarrassing thing to say, I don't know. Yeah. But it actually, I found in my life, I mean, as a conductor, it's so, I cannot tell you how difficult it is when I have a musical discussion <clears throat> with someone and they're like, oh, you know that piece of music? Oh, instinctively, as conductors, our brains are like, oh my God, I have to say yes. Oh, I'm it's, the conductor. I'm the conductor. I have to like, know everything. This is what I do. I have to know everything. So what do you say? Like, yeah. So easy. And then... It was on page three. Oh, totally. <laughs> but man, I, I have to tell you, since I've started actually saying no, I don't know that piece, I feel more confident who I am. Because, yeah, I'm not perfect. I'm human. I don't know everything. Right. I'm only in my 20s. Like, I'm... There's no way I could possibly know all the music you're, you're talking about. You know, we have a mem one of our music committee members was a retired educator, taught for 35 years has been playing in orchestras for over 50 years. Wow. There's just simply no way I can ever yeah. match how much he's known or experienced in my limited lifetime and especially my limited conducting career. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to act like I know everything he's talking about. Right. So that gives me an opportunity to learn from him, but I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, I know that piece for sure. Nope. So my parting piece of advice, do not be afraid to say, I don't know. Do not be afraid to say, I don't know. Yeah. So good. Okay, question number four. What's the best way for the audience to get in touch with you? Great question. Uh, if you go on our Summer Orchestra website, you can find my email is on there. Um, there's the Summer Orchestra email I have, but you can just email me directly at conductorvoicheck at gmail.com. And uh, our website is summerlorchestra.org. Um, and we have a Twitter at Sville Orchestra. Uh, it should be on our website. I actually run our Twitter, so if, if there's anything you want me to tweet about, let me know. <laughs> we have some fun things planned for our Twitter, or I should say I do. Uh, some some fun things coming up in May, so keep an eye out for that. Are you all on any other social media, Facebook, Instagram, anything like that? Yes, we are on Facebook as Facebook? well. Okay, we'll put Facebook in the notes. For right. sure. We're definitely on Facebook. We do not have an Instagram, but we're looking into getting an Instagram okay. for sure. And Fantastic. I have a personal Pinterest, but don't follow me there. <laughs> so we'll put we'll put all the different ways for people to get in touch with you. We'll put that online, so folks can just uh, click and find you. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if people even want to call me or text me, I'm open to that too. Like, I know I don't want to give someone my my phone number, but 
if you get a hold of my number, don't be afraid to call me or text me. Like I'm always up for a f- discussion about anything. Right on. A cup of coffee anywhere. I'll be at Coastal Coffee. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Voitech. Bonus round. Okay. Not in the packet. Love not, it. Not not in the pre not in the preview notes. So, with everything that's going on in your life right now, you know, I'm still going to say this is this is still a new city since yeah. you've been here for about a year and a half. Sure. Right. Um. Just at the start of your career, balancing work, life, family, everything that's going on, what is saving your life right now? What is, what is keeping you sane with, with just the pressures of life? That's a phenomenally good question. Uh, what, what, what's, what's saving your life at this moment? Maybe it's a movie you watch. Maybe it's just a song you have on repeat. That's, I'm going to say it's the people that are closest to me in my life. Uh, whether it's my good friends or this one person I'm seeing right now, um, they have taught me so much about... And y'all know who you are. That's exactly y'all right. Y'all know who you are. Don't even act like you don't. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm going to say that because it keeps me grounded. Mm. It keeps me humble. It yes. keeps me curious. Um. And it makes me realize how important balance is because if I don't have time to come see them, if I don't have... Something's out of whack. Something's out of whack for sure. Yeah. And if if I find myself feeling hurried in a conversation, something's wrong. And so I'm going to say it's the people in my life um, that are dearest to me because I'm realizing the older I get how important people are. Mm-hmm. Your personal relationships. And that may sound like a cliche as well, but man, I've learned so much about who I am through them that I'm going to say it's because of those personal relationships, whether it's at work or whether it's my close friends or my, my soccer teammates, or like I said, the person I'm seeing, like, it's just everyone in my life has been teaching me something about who I am. So that's what I'm going to say. Yes. Oh, thank you. Voitech. So good for sure. So glad you had time to be with us today. Thank you. I'm so excited for the things that the Somerville Community Orchestra is doing. So excited that you're here in town. Thank you. Making a difference. You know, twice as many musicians now have an outlet yeah. as they did two years ago. That's, yeah. that's I, I play instruments and I don't have anywhere to play, mostly because I have four kids and a full-time mm-hmm. job. But yeah. We would, we can always find a place. I mean, if there's anyone out there listening who wants to play, do you have any? Do you have any openings for kazoo? We, you know, we'll find one. We'll find one. We have so many chamber groups through the orchestra now too. Like we'll find one. And if you just want to come listen to, let us know as soon as possible. Our season is sold out. Uh, has been sold out the whole. That's the whole amazing. Year. That's fantastic. Yeah, we've actually have a waiting list now. I think it's like over 150 people that want tickets for next season. We are running out of space. We have we like we don't know what to do, but it's um, it's just an incredibly exciting time. Orchestra keeps growing. We can't fit everyone on stage. We can't fit everyone in the building that wants to be there. Somerville Orchestra. You have the right kind of problems. We literally we are the There's hottest. There's still problems. Ticket. There's still oh. problems, but you know if you can Craigslist our tickets, I suggest doing that because that's that's how hot the tickets are in town now. You know, so, <laughs> but uh, no, we just ha- we try to have a good time. We just try to get music out there to people. Um, and we just honestly love having a good awesome. time with it. Wojtek, thanks so much for being here with us. Thank uh, you. Listeners, thank you for being with us this week. We had we had Wojtek, the conductor of the Somerville Community Orchestra. You've been listening to the Somerville Advice Givers Podcast, where we connect you with the advice you need for when life happens. I'm your host, E.A.D. Smith. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>